Well, come all you sinners and sodomites. <laughs> Was I supposed to say something? No. Oh. To episode 33 of Bible Stories for Atheists. I am Josh. I'm Linz, I think. <laughs> And we are your guides to the problematically pious stories, literally, literarily littering the Bible. The Bible. The Bible. I'm going to kick off with a quick correction. In last episode, uh, I said that Timothy wrote the books of Timothy, but that's kind of like saying Romans wrote the book of Romans. Uh, those books, in theory, are letters from Paul to Timothy. So the shitty beliefs on women, which we're going to talk about in this episode a little bit, um, are not being, uh, are not from Paul, but they're from, are from Paul, but not from Timothy. Yes. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Oh but my God. to be clear, <laughs> Timothy's been hanging out with Paul since he was a circumcised boy. Yeah. So since he, probably, he was an uncircumcised <laughs> since boy. Since he was an uncircumcised boy and then became a circumcised boy. Yeah. So he probably also believes those things. Probably. To be clear. Yes. Yeah. Probably also believes those things. Right. If he was a good Christian. If he was a good Christian and followed Paul around. Yeah. Then he definitely believed those things. Yeah. And in this episode, we're wrapping up our four-part series on Acts. Uh, so what happens is the Holy Spirit sends mixed messages on whether Paul should go to Jerusalem. Paul has to prove his Judaism to the Christians, and he gets into some legal issues that take him to Rome. Why is this book called Acts? Because it's the Acts of It's the Paul. Acts of the Apostles is what apostle it's apostles because it starts talking about Peter Oh, for like a couple chapters. And then it's all all about Paul. Paul. All about Paul. Yeah. Yeah. The full name though is acts of the apostles. Okay. A little misleading. As I mentioned in a previous episode, it's not the only acts of the apostles. There's been several writings called the acts of the apostles from back then. This Ah. is just the one that made it into Canon. Gotcha. Okay. But we're done with Paul after this. Oh, thank goodness. We're not going to go and do any of his letters to people. I I don't know. Maybe one day if, if it's, we got to give Paul a break for a while. Yeah. I'm tired of him. If you want a good feeling about Paul, go watch the historical document movie. (laughs) 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 She just comes up a few times throughout this episode. (laughs) I think their depiction of Paul is better. Yeah. More interesting, at least. Yeah. Yeah. He just seems like a grumpy old guy by the end of this. He see, he is a grumpy old guy the whole entire fucking time. Yeah. Whether he was 20 or 80. Right. He was one of those grumpy old people his <laughs> entire life. Strap in and strap on for episode 33. Mr. Paul goes to Rome. Episode 33. Didn't you say that's when Jesus died is when he was 33? Yeah. It's our Jesus death birthday. Testing one, two, three. You want to talk a little bit more about what you want me to tell Just a story? Whatever. One time there was a girl. She had forgotten how good grapes taste. So she started eating them and realized they're very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were planning on eating those throughout the episode. They're almost gone. It's a very rustly bag. Grapes are not exactly a quiet snack. I mean, it could be worse. 
Could be potato chips. Once upon a time. It started like uh, into the woods. I can't even remember how that starts. I just watched the beginning of that pretty recently and I don't remember. I think it starts with once upon a time. Probably. That sounds about right. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Previously on BSFA. Saul became Paul. Yes. Jesus's favorite penises. We talked about those. Yep. And we talked about Barnabas and Paul breaking up. Mm-hmm. Mark was their Mark. own little Yoko Ono. Yep. Paul literally bored a guy to death. Yeah, I fell out of a window because oh, he was yeah. so bored. He yeah. fell asleep listening to him talk. And then Paul brought him back to life? Apparently. And then uh, after years of Jewish people trying to kill him all over the Mediterranean... The Holy Spirit has told Paul to head back to Jerusalem. That's where we left off. I'm coming home. That's his song. Is that? Paul's song. Yeah. Is that a real song? Probably. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, do I need to cut that out for copyright? (laughs) No, I sang it so terribly that nobody will ever tie it back to their own music. Right. Nobody would claim it. (laughs) No. First story, Holy Spirit, more like indecisive spirit. No. Yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> this is the beginning of Acts 21. Okay. Uh, so they set sail to Tyre and stay with some disciples there for a week. In verse 4, it says, Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. There are several translations of this that write it like they prophesied. Through the spirit Mm. for Paul not to go to Jerusalem or the spirit told them straight up, just told them to tell Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. But he, okay. Even though the the Holy spirit is who told Paul to go. Yeah. To go to Jerusalem. And so now the spirit is like, I fucked up. I don't want to tell him that I was wrong directly. (laughs) So you guys do it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And the Bible says the spirit told them this. So it's not like, you know, they believe that the spirit thinks this or they don't. It's just that they don't want him to go or anything like that. Right. The Holy Spirit seems to have changed their mind. And just to be clear, there's not any other spirits that like roam around the Bible. Not not like this. Telling like, people hot things. No. I mean, there are. There's demons and shit. No, no. But demons this aren't is, spirits, though. Yeah, they're of that realm. Sure. You could they're say. They're super, they're, they're praetor they're natural. Or- no, they're, they're talking about the Holy Spirit okay. here, though. So, yeah, even though the Holy Spirit was the one who said to go to Jerusalem and is now saying, don't go to Jerusalem, he still doesn't listen. He still goes to Jerusalem. So I don't know if he thinks that they're wrong about what right. the Holy Spirit is saying or if he thinks the Holy Spirit is wrong. Yeah. At this point. Like, Either way, he's not. Even if he stayed, he's still not listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's really getting him into it. This yeah. reminds me of the the Balaam and his donkey. Oh, yeah. Sorry, where it's like God is like, go, and then God gets pissed at him for going. Yes. You know? Right. They bounce around for a bit on their way to Jerusalem, uh, and then they come to the home of Philip, the guy who talked to the Ethiopian eunuch. Okay. The one who'd used the, ho- the Holy Spirit, time, not time travel. Uh, teleportation. Teleportation. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Okay. The only person, by the way, yes. that I, we know of who Jealous. teleported by Holy Spirit. And we talked about that back in episode 30. For some reason, we're told that he has four unmarried daughters who have the ability to prophesy. But then we hear nothing more about that. 
I even introduced them? I know, and, I know, I don't know. You're not going to use them for something. Yeah. Again, though, this is like a lot of this stuff seems like if you we, you were back there in the early church, it would probably make sense because they're like church leaders or something like that, like mm. or something along those lines of prominent people in Christianity. And so it's sort of setting up like giving them some authority or something like that. Perhaps he was just trying to explain away the why they weren't married. Oh, like the ability to prophesy is what prevents them from getting right. married. Right, not that yeah. all of his daughters are ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible women. Right. It's the gift of being able to prophesize things makes them unmarriable. After a few days, a prophet shows up, a non-woman one. I was going to say, not one of the four he just met. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A better one. One with a penis. One with an antenna to the Holy Spirit. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. A straw. Yeah. <laughs> Drink it in. <laughs> <laughs> and we get this. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, I don't know if it's still attached to Paul. <laughs> That's that's what I'm picturing. Like, how do you tie your hands and feet with one belt? I don't know. I don't know. Ties his own hands and feet with it, and said, "The Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles." Okay, he's going to be imprisoned by the Jews. Yeah, uh, because he owns that belt. I guess. Did did he need to? (laughs) Couldn't he just said that? Yeah, I don't know. Did yeah. he have to bind himself? Right. Is that the only way Paul takes messages? <laughs> <laughs> he like ties up his hands and feet and is looking up at Paul. Now, <laughs> now spank me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way the prophecy will come. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even intend to that. Pro- <laughs> prophecy is what I call my dick. <laughs> So everyone is pleading with him not to go. And Paul is like, why are you crying? There's no crying in Christianity. He says he's willing to be bound and killed for the name of the Lord. And then we get this. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. Which it sounds like the Lord's will is for him to not go. And he's disobeying. Right. Wholly unremarkable. Except that you met the prophets were the most interesting part of that. Right. I wonder if he ended up getting married to one of the unmarried daughters. Yeah, did they cut did they cut that part out? Right. Again, it's one of those things that if they were did making he marry all four of them. If this was a movie, if Axe was made into a movie, they would focus test this and somebody would raise their hand and be like, Why did they even introduce those characters if they're not ever gonna use them again? And they'd be like, You know what? You have a great point. Let's cut them out. Right. They keep mentioning women throughout the Bible that have seemed to be extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that got raised from the dead, all kinds of people. And 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 they get nary a plot line. <laughs> yeah. Unless they pushed Jesus out of their vagina or like washed his feet, washed his feet with their their, with their nards. nards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got their, their nards all over his yep. feet. Then yeah. they just they don't they don't deserve the time, I guess. It's it's not really surprising considering Paul was anti-woman. Was he? Yeah. First Timothy chapter two is where we get, you know, women aren't allowed to teach. Women must be subservient to men, you know, that whole thing. So Paul is very anti-woman. Gotcha. Jesus shaves. So this is the middle of Acts 21 and it goes through Acts 22. Oh, I get it. 
Yeah, Jesus shaves. Yeah. Jesus saves. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you get it because he doesn't show up or anything. <laughs> so this starts in the middle of Acts 21 and goes through Acts 22. They arrive in Jerusalem and are greeted by Christians there. They warn Paul, there are thousands of Jews who are Christians in Jerusalem, but they are pissed that Paul has been telling Jews living around Gentiles to not circumcise their kids and to turn away from Moses. Mm. They tell him in order to smooth things over, go with these four guys here and pay for them to have their heads shaved. Then everyone would know that Paul obeys the law. Take these four guys to have their heads shaved? Yeah. So I did some digging into this. Okay. And these guys. Is that what they called circumcision? No. <laughs> <laughs> Having your head shaved? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Pay for these four guys to have their (laughs) dicks cut. (laughs) So these guys would have been Nazarites. A Nazarite is one who voluntarily took a vow described in Numbers chapter 6, 1 through 21. Basically, the idea is you enter in a period of sanctity for an amount of time that you designate beforehand, and then you've got to follow certain restrictions. Number one is no drinking wine or anything else made from grapes whatsoever. No Mm -hmm. grapes Mm. or any other fermented drinks. Refrain from cutting your hair for the whole period. And then don't touch dead people or graves, even those of family members. So if your mom or dad dies during that time, you can't touch them. Okay. And there's some more stuff to this. like Fine. I know. Why why would I want to touch a dead person? I know. It's really easy stuff, probably. I don't know how often people were dying back then. But um, (laughs) I always think of Monty Python, and that was thousands of years later. (laughs) Um, And then after you do all this, then they would have to make three offerings. You would have to offer a lamb, a ewe, and a ram, plus a basket of unleavened bread, grain, and drink offerings. Then you would shave your heads in the outer courtyard of the temple. It seems like from the story we're going to read, you shave your heads beforehand also. Mm. So you shave it before and after, I guess. I guess that would be if you didn't want your hair to grow super long while you were not able to cut it. Right. But the idea is that you are supposed to let your hair grow long during this period. But then also, like, we're going to see here that the period for him is a week. Mm. Paul pays to have himself purified as well as these other guys. And then they declare that they'll be doing this for a week and he pays for everyone's rituals. When the week is almost over, some Jews from the province of Asia, which is not actually like Asia today, but it's it's just an area called Asia. Basically, okay. From the province of Asia, see Paul and they seize him. And we hear in verse 30, the whole city was aroused. Yeah. Yeah. They all got up. I mean, Paul is shaved now, so Uh, they drag Paul out of the temple and the gates are immediately shut. The Roman commander hears about the commotion and comes down to see what's going on. When they see the commander, they stop beating Paul. The commander arrests Paul and then asks them what he did. I see. People are yelling different stuff, but he can't get a straight answer. So he just has Paul taken to the barracks. This guy that's being beat up in the streets. What did he do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never mind. I'll lock him up and figure it out later. When Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great that he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that gathered kept shouting, lock her up. Wait, no, it was get rid of him. That's what they said. (laughs) 
Before they take him away, Paul asks if he can speak to the crowd, and for some reason they let him. Yeah. Uh, the bullet po- loosey goosey with stuff back then. Yeah, they really were. Yeah, the bullet points of this is that he was born in Tarsus, but raised in Jerusalem. He he was trained in the law and was as zealous as anyone there. He persecuted Christians and he recounts his conversion story, which we talked about in episode thirty. And he'll recount his entire conversion story again in this episode. So three times in the book of Acts, they have the conversion story Mm. for Paul. Like he can like literally the whole thing. Like he tells the whole thing. Pretty much. Yeah. (sighs) Why? Yeah. Why couldn't when they when they modified this Bible, why couldn't they have taken like that out since it's the same thing and just put and then Paul tells this and then says refer to this. Right. Right, something like that. Cut like three pages out of the Bible. And as we'll see, it's not exactly the same. He talks about how Jesus sent him off to the Gentiles and stuff like that. Uh, Then we get this. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live. They start throwing their cloaks off and they're throwing dirt in the air. So the commander has Paul taken away and directed them to flog him. To find out why people were shouting at him. <laughs> so basically, police haven't changed. <laughs> I was going to say, was he black and in the United yeah. States? Yeah. <laughs> As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't been found guilty? So the centurion tells the commander that he's a Roman citizen. The commander's all freaked out about that. Can and so go through this? And, yeah. yeah. In the story about a dick, a psychic, and a jailer in the yeah. last episode. Yeah. The commander's all freaked out by this, as are the people under him. So he doesn't flog him. It says that he releases him, but we'll see. He doesn't actually release mm. him. When you said that people were angry and yelled, rid the earth of him, yeah. which is a very extreme sort of thing to shout at somebody. Um, <laughs> but like you said, they threw off their cloaks and then threw dirt up in the air. And I got the scene from t- the beginning of 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in my head. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I read that the whole city was aroused, I got the scene from Spaceballs in oh, <laughs> from I the don't first. Remember which one you're it's a parody about. of. Uh, no, I know the movie. I yeah. just don't remember the no, scene. No, no, it's a parody of that scene. Oh, from, is it? Yeah, was it Spaceballs? I think no. it was History of the World. No, it's History of the World Part One. Yeah. God damn it, that would have been funny. <laughs> I was like, why would it be in space? The Star Wars. Yeah. That's that's, weird. No, you're right. Why not the one that actually took place in biblical times? (laughs) (laughs) On Earth. I mean, Mel Brooks is pretty kooky, but. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. Yeah. It was history of the world. But yeah. Where they're all jerking off. Yeah. Yeah. All the monkeys. Anyway. (laughs) Well, that escalated quickly. This is Acts 23. The commander still wants to find out why people are pissed at Paul. So he orders the Sanhedrin to assemble. And if you remember, the Sanhedrin is basically like the Jewish Senate uh, of the area. Paul starts talking, saying that he's fulfilled God's duty. Or no, he's saying that he's fulfilled his duty to God. Okay. (laughs) That does sound better than God's duty. Yeah. (laughs) 
the high priest, same high priest as when Jesus was on trial. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Orders Paul to be punched in the mouth. Wow. And Paul, and, and then we get this. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. start using that as an insult you sit there to judge me according to the law yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that i be struck you whitewashed wall yeah i don't even know what that (laughs) means people around him are pissed he's insulting god's high priest and paul says he didn't know it was the high priest but that seems unlikely considering he was actually a pharisee yeah in Jerusalem before he was converted, uh, which, by the way, this is the first time we find out what his job actually was before he was mm. converted, and it was that he was a Pharisee. Okay, tell me what a Pharisee is again. Pharisee is kind of kind of like a priest, kind oh. of in, in a similar sense to a priest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we get this. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, "My brothers." I am a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. And then parenthetical, it says, the Sadducees say there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees believe all these things. So the Sadducees are modern-day Jewish people and the Pharisees are modern-day modern day Catholics? Pharisees are actually where modern-day Judaism stems from. Like, Sadducees kind of died off in a way. Yeah, but... Like, that belief system is my understanding. I didn't think that Jewish people believe... They don't believe in the resurrection. Yeah, they do. They do actually they? do. Yeah, so, I mean, this is my basic under... Oh. Really, like, you know, I'm not Jewish. Right. I don't know... Anything. For sure, what all Jewish people believe, yeah. you know. This, I would imagine it's not even the same thing. Yeah, but I, my understanding from what I've seen is that Sadducees believed in Sheol, which we've talked about before. Yes. Which was like the this afterlife where everybody, good or bad, you end up going to this yes. weird underground afterlife. Yeah, the where, basement of Westworld. Yeah, the yes. basement of Westworld, yep. basically. Um, and then there's Pharisees who believe that, and I think it's whether you're good or bad, doesn't matter. You get resurrected. There's right. a great resurrection one okay. day when the oh, world is, is total resurrection. I thought you meant yeah. Jesus's resurrection. No, 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 no. They okay. they believe in the great resurrection. I see. Yeah, okay. which again is also something Christians believed, and some people still believe this. But yeah, that's why Catholics believe believed. I don't know what the new thing is because it changes daily. I feel like, but yeah. why you couldn't get cremated. The idea is one day when the end of the world comes, God is going to resurrect all the true believers and you'll live on a paradise earth instead of heaven, Mm -hmm. you know, and the notion of heaven, going to heaven when you die and stuff like that didn't come for a few centuries after Christianity got started. Right. Uh, When they basically started seeing like, oh, the end of times aren't coming coming. (laughs) that soon. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to be dead for a really long time. So maybe we just start telling people you immediately go to heaven. Yeah. You know. Who wants to be dead for a really long time? Right. Yeah. So anyway. Some Pharisees are like, this guy doesn't seem that bad. Maybe a spirit or angel did speak to him. 
And then we get this. The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, take, <laughs> not, not, not too close. Him, yeah. Just near enough. Near, near enough. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I know I'm dead, but you haven't showered in a yeah. while. And I can tell. Right. <laughs> 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 you would think that your senses go away when you lose your bodily form, but I'm here to tell you they get more sensitive. So that uh, purification ritual didn't involve a shower, did it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he says to him, take courage as you have testified about me in Jerusalem. So you must also testify in Rome. And he's like, I was just fucking there. <laughs> he was not in Rome. He was closer. He was probably closer. Yeah. But he hasn't gone to Rome yet. Well, he was in Greece, right? He was in Greece. Yeah. yeah. He would have, it would have been made more sense for him to go to Rome first. Right. And then from, back from to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah. Instead of going to Jerusalem, now he has to go back to Rome. Yeah. Jesus right. is just running him all over the fucking Mediterranean, Mediterranean area. Yeah. yeah. The next morning, 40 Jewish guys take an oath that they won't eat or drink until they kill Paul. They tell the chief priests to try to get the commander to bring him before the Sanhedrin again, and they'll kill him. Like they'll ambush him. Mm. Right. But then Paul's nephew, who we've never heard about before and won't ever hear about again, hears about this plot. And then he goes and tells Paul, the commander orders a detachment of 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to travel with Paul to Caesarea that night, taking him to governor Felix. Felix in Governor, Caesarea. In Caesarea. Don't practice Caesarea. <laughs> did you just come up with that song? I did. Yeah. That one's a Lindsay original. Okay. <laughs> The commander sends a letter to the governor laying out what happened. When I was informed of a plot to be carried out against the man, I sent him to you at once. I also ordered his accusers to present to you their case against him. Paul is taken to Caesarea and the governor says he'll hear the case when the accusers get there. And he's kept under guard at Herod's palace. Mm, Good thing that nephew showed up. Yeah. That random nephew. Haven't heard anything about Paul's family at all. I know. He clearly has a sibling of some sort and a nephew out of nowhere. But like he changed his name. Does his family even know that they're the same guy? Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Turtles can't be lawyers. This is Acts 24. I disagree with that statement. (laughs) Five days later, the high priest, some elders, and a lawyer named Tertullus Tertullus. Yeah, go to Caesarea. <laughs> Is it spelled like turtles? No, not really. Oh. That's how hard I was trying getting a <laughs> name for the story. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that our listeners will appreciate your your effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, five days later, the high priest, some elders, and a lawyer named Tertullus go to Caesarea to bring charges against Paul. Tertullus starts presenting his case by kissing up to Felix. We have enjoyed a long period of peace under you, and your foresight has brought about reforms in this nation. Then he says Paul is a troublemaker and ringleader of an, of the Nazarene sect. 
Oh, the group he just met? No, not the Nazarites. Oh. So, oh, so the Nazarene sorry. the Nazarene is referencing Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, okay. So like they call them Naz- Nazarenes. Okay. Uh, it's an early term for Christians apparently. Gotcha. Confusing. I know it's. it's I just assumed Nazarites were part of that whole thing. Yeah, no, that so that came from way before in the old Moses days. Yeah. All right. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, he's a ringleader of the Nazarene sect, stirring up riots among Jews all over the world. All over the world. All over the world, which is only like five hundred square miles. The world that we acknowledge yeah some manuscripts also have them saying that they would have judged paul themselves but the commander violently took him away and ordered that ordered them to come here we at this by examining him yourself you will be able to learn the truth about these charges we are bringing against him yeah is it inside his body yeah yeah just smell him (laughs) do an examination of him and find it like up his asshole or yeah (laughs) That's where everyone's truth. I really lies. don't understand how they present evidence at all back then. It's just their you know? words. Yeah. I, know. I mean, that's the way it kind of works these days, too, I think. Yeah. At least I mean, it, now it, we have video and yeah, stuff like that, true. you know, but back yeah. then, Paul responds by basically saying that he went to Jerusalem to worship and they can't prove that he stirred anyone up because he didn't. Right. He, he says, just aroused a bunch of people. Yeah, he ro- aroused the that's whole city. different. Yeah. You don't stir somebody. If you arouse somebody, yeah. they may get stirred up, but that's on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just aroused the whole city because Jesus said so. Yeah. Uh, he says, I believe everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets, which seems strange considering he doesn't seem to actually believe that when it comes to circumcision and such, it seems like he'll just go back and forth whenever, I'm whatever. Sorry, are you insinuating that Christians pick and choose the parts of Christianity they want to believe in? I am insinuating that that has been true since the very first <laughs> Christians. <laughs> the Not, things that conveniently that, that like is a Christian tradition. <laughs> it's like, but it is the fucking fun- fair, I it's, guess. <laughs> it's kind of the founding yeah. principle of Christianity to just yeah. change shit up whenever uh-huh. it's convenient. So anyway, then we get this. I have the same hope in God as these men themselves have that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man, which is weird. <sighs> I'm just thinking of this now. So it's a resurrection of the righteous and the wicked. And it's like, that is not what Jesus said. No. Jesus was often talking about, I mean, I don't know if you're resurrecting into hell, like if that's the idea. Well, but but, so when you were talking about like the great resurrection, I guess is what you're referring to. You said that people who believed in God or whatever got resurrected. You didn't say that they had to be good people. No, no, but I mean. There's lots of bad people who believe in God. Not according to the people who believe in God. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you're a Christian, you're transformed by Christ. Are you? Yeah. And if you're not, then you're not a real Christian. Just really convenient how that works out. There's a lot of not real Christians out there then. There's a ton of them. The world is full of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I made a note here. If both are being resurrected, good and evil, then what is the point of being good? (laughs) 
Right, <laughs> right. All. Well, like, what's the what? point? Why do we even die if we're yeah. all going to just get resurrected? The whole thing is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, what is the point? Yeah, if we're all just getting resurrected, then what is the point of, like, ending the world mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then I also threw in here just a reminder that going to heaven was uh, something early Christians didn't believe in, but we already talked about You that. know who doesn't get resurrected? You remember in The Good Place, there was that chick who lived way out in the middle of nowhere because oh. she was perfectly neutral. Yeah. She ended up <laughs> becoming perfectly neutral. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't good. She wasn't bad. Yeah. This, she, so she Nobody knew where to put her. to live in like this desert. Yeah. Have to only yep. drink warm beer. Yep. That's who doesn't get resurrected. Yeah. Has, I think it was Smoking the Bandit 2 on VHS. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Then Paul says that the Jews from Asia who started this whole thing should be the ones bringing their charges against him, or those that are there should say what crime they are actually charging him with. He Novel. Says, yeah. He says, unless it was this one thing I shouted as I stood in their presence, it is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. So basically he's saying, like, it's... The one, it's oh, because it might I be said, that thing I said. Yeah, it was because <laughs> I said about the resurrection yeah. that they're pissed about. And then it says, then Felix, who was well acquainted with The Way, capital W. Oh, he's a Mandalorian. <laughs> We've talked about this in a previous episode. This is like an early term for Christianity. Yeah. Another, another fucking early term for Christianity. The Way. Yeah. Felix, who was well acquainted with The Way, adjourned the proceedings. He says that... When the commander comes, he will decide the case. He tells the guard to watch Paul, but let him have some freedom and have his friends take care of him. Under house arrest. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of going to be the rest of the story of Paul, is him being under house arrest. Mm. Uh, A few days later, Felix and his Jewish wife, which is kind of an interesting detail to throw in there, come to Paul and listen to him talk about Jesus. And we get this. As Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, That's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe. So he sent for him frequently and talked with him. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, but because Felix wanted to grant a favor to the Jews... He left Paul in prison. So he wasn't seceded. Six, he wasn't seceded? Succeeded. Succeeded in death? Like he didn't die then, right? I don't believe. He did, I don't like, think so. They, he must have been. Yeah, no, he would have. Because have he would have been deciding. I don't know if it would have been a matter was, of elections. He said he was a governor? Governor, but yeah, governor might be appointed by, uh, by Caesar. That's true. So. All right. Yeah, yeah. So his last thing to do was be like, this man can't leave prison. Yeah, basically. Like the new guy couldn't just let him out after that. He could have, but he doesn't. No. It's one of those things that politicians do that is like minimal effort that is popular with the average voter. <laughs> Trial by trials. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Uh, This is Acts 25 and Acts 26. Festus meets with the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, and they request that he bring Paul there. They were planning to ambush him on the way, 
my guess, considering this, I think is like a couple years later. My guess is those guys who vowed to not eat or drink were getting a little antsy. <laughs> he tells them to bring some leaders with them to Caesarea. If he's done anything wrong, they can press charges against him after spending eight or 10 days with them, but definitely not nine. <laughs> Festus left Caesarea. They have a trial, but the Jewish leaders couldn't prove anything yet again. Festus wants to do the Jewish leaders a solid. So he asked Paul if he's willing to stand trial before him in Jerusalem. Presumably this is to set up an ambush. Uh, Right. So Festus Festus is trying to get. Festus. Festus, yeah. For the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Festus is trying to get him to go to Jerusalem. Paul basically says he's already in Caesar's court where he should be because he's a Roman citizen. Mm -hmm. If I've done anything deserving death, then so be it. But otherwise, you don't have a right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar, he says. Oh, man. Yeah. Festus talks with his counselors and then says, you have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar, you will go. A few days later, King Agrippa, as in Herod Agrippa, the grandson Uh, of Herod the Great shows up and pays respects to the new Roman governor. Festus asks him about Paul. He says he can't make heads or tails of this case. The Jewish leaders didn't really bring any charges. They just have disputes over religious beliefs. And there's something about this guy named Jesus that they say is dead, but Paul seems to think is alive. Agrippa says he wants to hear from Paul himself. So the next day, They have this big to-do in the audience room with high-ranking military officials and prominent men of the city, and Paul is brought in. Festus announces that he hasn't found any wrongdoing on Paul's part, but since he asked to be tried before Caesar, he is going to be sending him out there to him. But he doesn't know what to write Caesar, so he's hoping Agrippa could help him come up with what the charges should be. Agrippa asked Paul to speak. So here are some bullet points of what he said. Do we tell the whole fucking story again? It does come up. Uh, Jewish people can testify that I lived by the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. I'm on trial because of what God promised our ancestors, as in like the Messiah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, too, was convinced that I needed to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. And then he recaps the conversion story again, except there are some interesting differences. So the original story, uh, there's this back and forth. Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul says, who are you, Lord? Jesus, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Real simple. Paul's new version of this, Jesus, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Saul, who are you, Lord? Jesus, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Whole new thing that Jesus apparently says. What are, 
What does it mean to kick against the goads? Yeah, so a goad is a long rod with a sharp end to it that you would poke a, a dead an, body an anim- with. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure it's dead. I just love the idea that we would have a name for that. <laughs> Go get your specific, goat. Grandma looks dead. Go get the goat. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make sure. <laughs> no, it was like to prod an animal. Oh. You know? So like, <laughs> so this is where we get the term goading someone on. Oh. You know? All right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a sharp stick. So if you kick against the goat, you're hurting yourself. Right. Right. Yes. So the whole thing is he's saying to him that by persecuting the Christians, you're hurting yourself. Gotcha. So he invents this whole other part of well, what gives, Jesus says. Well, it gives him. him more authority. Authority, yeah, for sure. Looks better on him. Well, what I don't understand is why the writer didn't write that into the original story. Then, right. You know. If that's what he said later. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Somebody out there was like, let's let's just leave these Easter eggs in here and see if anybody notices. Yeah. Lord knows they're only going to be reading this for the next 10 years or so anyway. <laughs> Paul then goes on saying how he started preaching. I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and as the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles, which message of light really rings of uh, Saul Invictus. Mm. You know, so he wasn't the first to rise from the dead. What? He wasn't the first to rise from the oh, dead. Oh, there's also that issue too. Cause yeah. Lazarus. Yeah. Would have risen from the dead right. before him. Yeah. yeah. But in the historically accurate last temptation of Christ, yeah, yeah. Lazarus does say to Paul, I think while he was still Saul right. in that movie, when Saul asked him how he feels, he goes, I like the light. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's weird that you remember that. But yeah, this, re- this really reminded me of Soul Invictus, which, you know, see our Saturnalia episode about that, yep. where we talk about how they really especially in Rome, tried to tie Jesus to Sol Invictus, the god of light. Mm-hmm. Much more badass name. Yeah. At this point, Festus interrupts Paul. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. <laughs> <clears throat> Sounds like a Trump supporter. <laughs> Paul turns into Jimmy Stewart in a Frank Capra film. I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. What I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice, because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe in the prophets? I know you do. Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. And then Agrippa and Festus just leave. (laughs) And Agrippa says to him uh, that, you know, Paul hasn't done anything wrong. And he acknowledges Paul hasn't done anything wrong. I see. How many people that listen to this podcast do you think... Know who Jimmy Stewart or no. Frank Capra is? Yeah. People still watch Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. You know? Anyway, your Jimmy Stewart impression was most excellent. Thank you. If you wouldn't have told me who it was, I totally would have gotten it. <laughs> 
feel, like, I feel like you're lying. What? Snakes on a boat. Uh, this is Acts 27 and the start of Acts 28. Paul with other prisoners. He's still a prisoner at this point, even though yeah. every fucking body has been like, he's done nothing wrong. Right. But he asked to be, he asked for an appeal before Caesar, which is because Jesus, who was standing near him, told him he had to go to Rome. Mm. And I guess this is how he got a free trip. Gotcha. There. Oh, <laughs> frugal. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, with other prisoners, set sail for Italy. The writer appears to be with them. We're hearing we a lot. Okay. At this point, if you're into sailing, Acts 27 is. For you. It's your jam. It's totally right up your alley. You get a detailed play-by-play of everything that happens sailing-wise. Oh God. Along the way. You're not gonna No, we're not God. no, I'm skipping most of it, okay. but like it's a lot of fucking detail. If you love schooners, yeah, check it out. But like you could totally follow along on a map and see exactly like where they were stopping and stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, So they've sailed for probably a few weeks. It's not really clear. And they keep running into headwinds. Paul warns them that the voyage is going to be disastrous. The ship and even their own lives are at risk. The centurion in charge ignores him and just listens to the pilot. Makes sense. And then we get this. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Cauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid that they would run aground on the sandbars of Syrtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Seriously, this is supposed to be the guy who wrote the book of Luke, and this is way better writing. Yeah. Like, it sounds like it's suddenly like. Like, I was thinking, like, is this a Hemingway? I know. It totally sounds like a Hemingway (laughs) story. Yeah. So anyway, after a long time, quote unquote, without food, Paul stands up and basically tells them, you should have listened to me. I told you, but keep your courage. No one is going to die. Only the ship is going to be destroyed. And then he says this last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all those who sail with you. Given the lives to him? Apparently. Is he like responsible for them now? I don't know that I needed that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. And then it says on the 14th night, which it's not really clear where they're starting that from, like from when they started sailing, but it's most likely from when the storm started. Mm. So like for two weeks, wow. there's been a storm. They've just been chilling in like. the middle of that storm. Yeah. Trying to get somewhere. 
how to get out of it. Seems unlikely. Yeah. The sailors start sensing that they're heading towards land, so they drop anchors and let down the lifeboat. But Paul says that if they leave the ship, they'll die. And apparently they just believe him because they cut the lifeboat free and it just drifts Oh, off. just pull it fucking back up. I know. I don't why understand why. I know. I don't understand why they're getting rid of it. Yeah. Just because you don't need it now doesn't mean you won't need it later. I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Did they not yeah. watch the Titanic? <laughs> I, I'm starting to think they didn't. <laughs> they hadn't eaten anything in 14 days, even though apparently they had plenty of food. So Paul tells them to eat. We find out at this point, altogether, there were 276 of us wow. on board. He has all those lives now. He has all those lives. <laughs> And after they ate, they threw the grain into the sea to lighten the ship. Uh, when daylight comes, they run the ship, ship aground on a sandbar. The soldiers were going to kill all the prisoners to prevent them from escaping, but the centurion in charge spares their life because Paul saved them. Not sure how exactly he saved them besides telling them. them. Yeah, like it would make, at this point, I was kind of like, okay, maybe if like they let go of that lifeboat and then it got struck by lightning. Right, (laughs) right. But in what way did Paul actually save them? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not dead. And Paul talked a lot. And Paul talked a lot. Therefore, correlation means. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Paul saved us. Right. And really, there's nothing that Paul would have done. It would have been God, if anything. Very true. So because Paul saves them, they don't kill any of the prisoners. Well, that's and, good. Yeah. And everyone sw- swims to shore safely. And then, oh, now they can get off the boat. It was just that. Because they, they ran could. aground. I see. Yeah. Okay. And then at the start of Acts 28, we get this. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. Oh, Malta. Nice. Still an island today. It is. Yeah. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because... It was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it into the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for he escaped from the sea. The goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected to see him swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said, he was a god. I like how they all just sat around and watched TV for a while. (laughs) The TV was, what happened to this guy? (laughs) (laughs) They go to the Roman official's house on the island, like whoever whatever Roman official is in charge of the island, and they welcome him in. The official's father is sick. So Paul lays hands on him and he's healed. Mm. Then the rest of the sick from the island all start coming out and they they get healed as well. When they were ready to sail again, all the people, I it wasn't quite clear if it was like all the people of the island or if it was the Roman officials, but they get all the supplies they needed to set sail because, you know, they healed the sick. Uh, when Paul finally does get to Rome, he's allowed to live by himself with just a soldier to guard him. Oh, Okay, house arrest again. Still under house arrest. An extremely satisfying end. Oh, that feels sarcastic to me. What? (laughs) What would make you think that? 
<laughs> your face right now for one. <laughs> what are you trying to do? last half of Acts 28. After a few days, Paul gathers the local Jewish leaders in the area, hence local, because he's <laughs> learned because he's learned nothing from his past experiences. He tells them he hasn't done anything wrong, but the way things worked out, he needed to appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. They say they haven't heard any bad reports about him, but they want to hear what he has to say because people have been talking against his sect. So against the Christians, Mm, basically. mm, Followers of the way. The Nazarenes. So they have all these local Jewish people come to where he's staying, and he preaches from morning to night. Some people believe and some people don't, obviously. And we get this. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made his final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Mm. Otherwise they might see with their eyes hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. And it ends with this. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And there's nothing about the trial before Caesar. Oh my gosh. No indication that he actually ever had a trial before That wrap-up felt real like the end of like a television show where they just do a voiceover to wrap things up because it ended unexpectedly. Yeah, like they managed to just have enough budget to do a last episode yeah. after they got canceled. Right. Yeah. Yeah, or like the end of Stand, Stand By Me. Is that the Stephen King movie about the boys who find the dead body? Yeah. They do that whole voiceover at the end where they talk about what the boys end up doing in their future. Yeah. It kind of feels like that, like very last minute, like we were going to keep going, but then like, did Paul die? Yeah. Like, what happened? For, he was there for two years without a trial? In a rented house. <laughs> in a rented house. Yeah. Who was paying for that guard the whole time? You know? Talking about people in having ears not hearing and eyes not seeing. Yeah. So I looked up Wikipedia. You to looked find up out. Wikipedia? Yep. I looked up Wikipedia. Turns out it's a system of articles. Oh. One of the articles is about Paul. Okay. Um, At least one. <laughs> it's important to keep in mind about this. Like You can debate whether or not Jesus, the person, ever existed. Probably did. There was probably somebody or named somebody Jesus. somebody that you know, this was written yeah. about. You know. There was a lot of people kind of similar yeah, to him yeah. back then. Sure. If you listen to Paul... In the movie, the historical document, The Last Definition of Christ, yeah. uh, in which Jesus lives, he doesn't die at the crucifixion, um, and he runs into Paul, and Paul is espousing 
the Christianity, Christianity, yeah. and Jesus, and telling Jesus's life story, and Jesus's Willem Dafoe is straight up like, "Nah, son, yeah. that wasn't I didn't my life." Die. Yeah. And Paul's like, "It doesn't matter what you actually did; it only right. matters what I tell people." The story is all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, it's important to keep in mind though that Paul did actually exist. Yes. There is there was a person named Paul who did go around to all these different areas around the Mediterranean spreading the word of Jesus, mm-hmm. spreading this belief system, this religion, this cult. So it's just important to keep that in mind. He was the Tom Cruise of his time. Yeah. yeah. This it's not debated though about whether or not he existed. Right. You know. Some of the writings, including in the Bible, are almost assuredly not by him, even though they're attributed to him. But that doesn't mean he didn't exist. Right. Anyway, uh, according to Wikipedia, Paul arrived in Rome around 60 AD. So it gives you a little touch point on when he would have gotten there. And remind me again, AD doesn't mean... It's after the birth of Christ. After the birth of Christ. Okay. Yeah. And now, now so, technically, Jesus' birth, like from what the Bible tells us, we, we've covered this before. Yeah, I just it was either, pressure. Yeah, it was either, if I remember correctly, either six years before 180 or six years after it. Between those two Gospels that talk about it, right? the real-life events that they mention puts it either around six years BC or six years AD when Jesus was born. But the idea is one AD would have been the year he was born. And then he died when he was 32? 33. 33. Is the idea, but even then I can't remember if they actually specifically mentioned how old he was. I don't know where 33 actually Yeah, I feel like I've heard it a lot, but I don't remember if we ever talked about it. So then the six years after... 60 AD would be 20, so 27 years after Jesus died. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You said he came to Rome in 60 AD. AD. So this would have been. Yeah, it would have been 27 years. So he's been doing this for, he had been. Traditionally, Paul was converted in 35 AD. Okay. Took two years before Jesus was like, I'm going to recruit you. Gotcha. So anyway. Paul arrives in Rome at 6080. Irenaeus wrote in the second century that Paul and Peter had been the founders of the church in Rome and had appointed Linus as the succeeding bishop. Paul was not actually a bush, the bishop of Rome, nor did he bring Christianity to Rome since there were already Christians there when he arrived. Mm. Paul only played a supporting role in the life of the church in Rome. The tradition in Catholicism is that Peter was the the first pope. He was the first bishop of Rome. Peter was never actually the bishop of Rome nor the pope. That was not a thing. Right. But this Linus guy was. Ah. So the first pope was some dude named, named Linus. Linus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of an interesting thing to look into, like what, like that's really where Catholicism started. The date of Paul's death is believed to have occurred after the Great Fire of Rome in July of 64, but before the last year of Nero's reign in 68. So we don't know exactly when he died, but it's somewhere between 64 and 68. Okay. The second epistle to Timothy states that Paul was arrested in Trode and brought back to Rome, where he was in prison and put on trial. The epistle was traditionally ascribed to Paul, but today many scholars considered it to be a long word that basically means somebody used his name instead, perhaps written by one of Paul's disciples. Pope Clement... Yeah. The first 
That feels like a real Italian Catholic name. Clement. Pope Clement. Yeah. Yeah. Like definitely. you want to shake your hand when you say it. <laughs> Pope Clement the first wrote that after Paul had quote, born his testimony before the rulers, he departed from the world and went un- unto the holy place having been found a notable pattern of patient endurance. He was a great writer. Ignatius of Antioch wrote, Paul was martyred without giving any further information. And then Uspius states that Paul was killed during the Neronian persecution and argues that Peter and Paul were martyred at the same time. Tertullian, not the same one. Okay, popular name. Yeah, a different Tertullian about a century later writes that Paul was beheaded like John the Baptist and a few other writers either back that up or copied that detail, basically. A legend later developed that his martyrdom occurred at the Aqua Salve. According to this legend, after Paul was decapitated, his severed head rebounded three times, giving rise to a source of water each time that it touched the ground which is how the place earned the name San Paolo Are Tre Fonte, St. Paul at the Three Fountains. Mm. However, the springs were known in pre-Christian times as well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just You know where these springs came from? Head. Yeah. It's the same shit as the Old Testament stuff that we talked about yeah. before where like they just kept, you know, naming oh this well was set up by Jacob. Right. You know, it was dug by Jacob and stuff like that. And they, oh, the reason why this place belongs to us is because he had the vision of God here. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The apocryphal book of Acts of Paul. So it's a book of the book of the Bible that didn't make it into the Bible. Acts of Paul also describe the martyrdom uh, and burial of Paul, but their narrative is highly fanciful and largely unhistorical. Completely different from the rest of the Bible. Yeah. I could <laughs> no see why shit. they wouldn't want to include it. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, now I want to read it. I know. Because if they're like, well, this is just crazy. <laughs> what does that got to be like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks like it was like written by Shell Silverstein or something. <laughs> It's very Ted Geisel. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Takes place in Whoville. So that's the story of Paul. All right. Well, um, Paul. Yeah. I mean, not including all of his writings that he sent out, but I mean. He sounds overall just like a giant pain in the ass to everyone. He really does. You know what I mean? Like, that's the vibe that I get. Like, no matter what side he's on. He's a pain in the ass to the people who who believe like him and also who don't, like, just everybody. Like, just everybody. But somehow, he still manages to, like, do his job. He like, still manages the, to get, get people to listen to him. Whatever his job is that he's doing at the time, he still is, seems to be able to manage to, like, do it pretty well. Even though the entire time, he's a giant asshole. So he is the archetype for most men. Especially days. Christian men. Yeah. Oh, Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. I feel like prove me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting going through this because I know I read some of this when I was Christian and everything, but now I'm, I really start wondering, like, how much of this did I read as a Christian? Yeah. You know? 
Probably not a lot. Yeah. There's so much. And it's so boring. Again, it's so boring. There, One thing I noticed about going through his story is there, especially coming off of the Gospels, there's a notable difference in the resources out there around analyses mm. of the Gospels as as opposed to the Book of Acts, at least. You know, you like, there's more about the Gospels. There's way there. more about yeah. the Gospels out yeah. there. That's which, the part that everybody reads. That's Which makes sense. But then it's like, but the rest of it is supposed to also be infallible and true, too. Right. You know? And it's like, we listen to our Gospel series about how non-infallible <laughs> it is, but... Yeah, this stuff, it's like, well, the fucking Holy Spirit changes his mind. Yeah. Like, how do you not see that? Right. It seems unrealistic. Well, Paul didn't sway me. You know, Paul wouldn't probably care as long as the head of your household believes. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he wouldn't like me at all. No. Or he would like me a lot because sometimes men like that end up being huge cucks. Yeah. Gives them some tingles yeah. in the Holy Spirit yeah. antenna. Yeah. yeah. You know. Let's just put Paul in some context here. In his epistle, first epistle to Timothy, the boy he circumcised. Uh, yes. The, the, the little boy. Yeah. This is in First Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Therefore, I want men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the women to dress modestly. <laughs> With decency and propriety. 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 Propriety? Yeah. Adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. (laughs) Do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. Yeah, because God fucked it up the first time. Yeah, and Adam was not the one deceived, though. he was. Well, I mean, how do you fucking define deceived? Yeah. The idea is that the serpent uh, deceived Eve, Mm -hmm. but then she was like, Here, eat this apple too. Yeah. And he didn't say no. No, he didn't. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing. Ew. If they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. Yeah. This is where these people get this shit. Yeah. From Paul. So I'm just going to remind folks right now that we do have an election coming up. And you should... (laughs) Register to vote. Yes. If you haven't done it, yes. register to vote. VoteSaveAmerica.org has great resources for that if you need. Yeah. And, and, you know, it varies from state to state. For example, if you live in Michigan, you can register to vote online up to, like, I think a couple weeks before the election or a week. I think it's two weeks. Um, obviously, that's not the same in every state because um, each state has their own very special voter election laws. Yes. Yeah, and and vote vote your conscience, man. And hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, then it's aligned with ours. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, I doubt you think <laughs> that women's roles are to childbear. Uh, can you like listen? 
I mean, I, I love all of our listeners, but if you're out there and you're one of those people, then just, I don't, can you, can you stop? Yeah. Or stop thinking like that. I mean, yeah. that would be the better. That's the better solution. The better solution. I mean, yeah. Does it really make sense that an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving God would think that little? Of women? Of women? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he didn't choose a man to give birth to the, his son. No. I was a woman. Yeah. Whether she wanted it or not. <laughs> On that uplifting note, they all lived miserably ever after. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. Help us share the good news by sending this to a friend or leaving a review to help others find us. Follow the show on Twitter at Bible Atheists, and we'll talk to you next time. Uh, Paul's such a dick. <laughs> I hate Paul. And I hate everyone now named Paul, except for Paul Reiser. I think he's trying to make up for it. Or Paul Rudd. That's who I meant, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but we just watched that show with yeah. Paul Reiser last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>